0: Happy
1: Friday, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. We're going live from Midtown Manhattan. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Before we get this party started today, and we got booze in the house, so it is going to be a party. I've had like four shots already.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Before I introduce my guest today, the message, in fact, today is the question of the week. I usually do a message. Last week, I forgot. So we're going we're gonna to bring it in a little bit. So I don't get, get on the spot. Uh, this actually is prompted by uh, a, a very successful LinkedIn post of mine from earlier in the week dealing with entrepreneurship. Uh, and, and I've been asking a lot of questions on there lately, and it's really been, it's been stirring the pot, and it's really cool. Um, I'll get your feedback on it in a minute. Sure thing. What's up, Rob Merritt? How you doing? Good to have you. What is behind the spirit of an entrepreneur? In this case spirits my guest <laughs> today has many spirits he's slightly possessed they exist inside that beard. stroke, yes. that, stroke that beard a little have bit a little i don't get beard in me envy much shake it out but uh kevin and i have been in competition for some years now oh, five <laughs> it's gone years, six it's years. gone back and forth who's got the <laughs> longest beard he's got me beat today i uh i, I had a, this summer i was like i gotta I gotta yeah, let the go to catch up my i gotta friend. let the birds free <laughs> <Trust me. laughs> to let them out <laughs> you got some work to do so think about that question we're going to attempt to answer it over the course of this show perhaps we'll we'll get a little help from our spiritual oh, yes, advisor here. right there <laughs> today. my guest is Kevin Hurson, owner, head of uh doc Spirit, a new york city based uh distillery. Uh, with the emphasis on absinthe, which is like super classic and, and like 18th century. That's that's how Even, old. Yes, that's how old his beard is. Ah. <laughs> He's been growing it since the 1780s, uh, back when when he started making absinthe um, and, and kind of pioneered the the, the city absinthe scene. There's oh, not absolutely. many other people yeah. really doing that. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the proliferation. Of distillation in in the five boroughs in New York State, uh, a little later in the show, but but Kevin's really been at the forefront of that, and especially in particular with absinthe and some very uh, unique and interesting cordials, which I've had lately, which I can vouch for. They're they're really awesome. Uh, thank you, we'll thank talk you. a little bit more about that later in the show. So without further ado, my spiritual entrepreneur, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Hurson. How are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Welcome, how are you welcome. Doing up there? Thanks awesome, for having man. me. Really awesome. Uh, so. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from first to begin? You want to go that far Let's back? Let's go that far back. <laughs> 1780s. You were I born was, in... A <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: I was born in Johannesburg, South Africa. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how long ago, though. Um, Your and, beard tells the yeah, story, exactly. sir. moved to the U.S. It's like,
1: it's like uh, the rings on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching Facebook Live, you're missing out uh, on this.
2: 100%. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so born and raised in Johannesburg, South Africa, moved to the U.S. Uh, my family ing- immigrated in the mid-80s. Uh-huh. Uh, they're all in Southern California, and mm-hmm. I have been in New York for just about 11 years now.
1: But you were in California for a little while first, right? I was in California
2: yeah. for 20-some-odd years, uh-huh. um, and then, like I say, came out to New York just about 11 years ago, and we started this project, my wife and I. Uh, just over eight years ago now. So
1: Nice. Awesome. Uh, what brought you to New York City from Southern California?
2: I was just looking for a change, man. Yeah. I had, uh, you know, Sun- lived in all New that York. sunshine. So exactly. I-, I get it. The beard was too hot. You were exactly. like, we need to find a climate
1: <laughs> where this beard can survive. Exactly. My thrive. favorite
2: thing is when my wife asked me in the wintertime, Do you need a scarf? Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, eh, Please, do me a favor. What are you told him.
1: You look <laughs> one, at me. One year I got a scarf right here. Right, exactly. <laughs> one year when I had a really, really long goatee. I think when you met me, my goatee was like oh, yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty long. Goatee H- and
2: the hair was long too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um we that Halloween I decided to be a pirate and my wife went to get me like a the headgear and stuff from yeah, like the yeah. Halloween shop on First Ave, and they were like, "Don't you want the beard stuff too?" And she's like, <laughs> "We don't need it." And I already had stuff hanging in it. I was like, "I was prepped and ready to oh, go." Oh, you so. had the
2: whole uh, Johnny Depp Pirates yes, uh, yes, Pirates of the Caribbean yes. so,
1: thing going on. So I
2: empathize. With <laughs> uh, what part of Southern California were you in? Uh Back and forth between Los Angeles and Orange County. Gotcha. So. That whole area. And the beard the wasn't coast. the beard wasn't flying there. You know what? The beard was <laughs> flying back and forth, but it was never as intense as it yeah. is now this beer has been two years or so so we're actually uh,
1: not going to talk about distillation or entrepreneurship yeah, we're, talking about beard we're just going to talk about you know there's this thing like the how um, do you think it grows <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> just pour a little absinthe on it yeah <laughs> no there's like this competition every year in brooklyn i think it's probably in bushwick it sounds like a very oh, Bushwick probably. thing. it's like, like a beer competition or yeah and like one year this guy won he made a a bowl out of his beard, and he was eating cereal. But you've cereal seen these
2: crazy—oh, god, that's
0: a bit yeah, much. Yeah.
2: Uh, but you've seen <laughs> you these think? crazy beard contests over in Europe and stuff like that, when nope, they, they haven't <laughs> like have twirly beards and all this kind of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, My Mine, mine's I purely functional. functional. Mine is just yeah, exactly. Mine's
1: just for the winter time, is all. So, uh, what was your? Where did the passion for? Or, or I don't know. I'm assuming it's a passion. Uh, you kind of have to have some interest in it to take it on as a career and <clears> and go down this path, right? Uh, where did you? Where did let's say, your interest in in spirits and uh, and alcohol begin? Besides high
2: school and right? Uh, besides just, enjoying <laughs> it, <laughs> I've I've been in and out of the restaurant industry and cool. bartending. So and talk all about that for... a little bit,
1: yeah, because that's the same for me, and, okay. and that's
2: that to plant the seed for a lot of really awesome things. Absolutely, yeah, I think. Um, so I've been in and out of the restaurant industry, whether it's bartending, waiting. My first restaurant gig was for Lowry's. Uh, mm. It was actually part of the Beverly Hills Lowry's. Wow. Uh, but it was in Orange County, mm-hmm. uh, their sister restaurant. Uh, and my first gig was actually a busboy. Yeah, I sure. worked as a busboy Same for a here. couple of years, worked my butt off. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, I said to the manager they had wine stewards and sommeliers over there. And I said, listen, I'm tired of being a busboy. And he shot at becoming a wine steward, a wine captain, they called it. And the manager, I remember his name. This is 20 years ago. Chris Cheney said to me, he's like, well, you got absolutely zero experience. I said, well, I'm one of those guys that takes it upon myself to learn. (laughs) So I said to him, listen, I tell you what. I'll go and I'll pay for a week or 10 days. Give me off. I'll pay my way. I'll go to Napa Valley. Uh, if you have any connections, you can set me up with you know, tours or barrel taste. Anyway, long story short, I drove myself out to Napa Valley. Every morning I hit the grocery store, got a massive loaf of olive bread, fresh baked, and a big old gallon of water. And I hit the road and I nice. went and visited all the wineries. And he had set up private tours. So I kind of got into the whole wine world back 20 years or so. Um, and then, like I said, through college, through high school, through everything, more bartending, et cetera, et cetera. And I always enjoyed food and cooking mm. and, and, you know, uh, spending time in the kitchen. My family, everyone in my family loves to cook. So we, we're very a uh, food oriented uh, family. Um, and then, as that developed, you know, over the years, got to New York. My wife and I were living in Harlem at the time. We had the bottom floor of a brownstone and a basement. I started experimenting with booze and distillation as a hobbyist uh, in the basement. Did you burn anything down? No, not yet. (laughs) yet. (laughs) Besides Besides my liver (laughs) liver and my esophagus, no. Um, So, you know, out of a hobbyist distiller, we kind of went into the absinthe making thing and Really, distillation is basically cooking, but cooking with alcohol. Yeah. It's like creating yeah. recipes, Absolutely. et cetera, et cetera.
1: And very, um, very controlled because uh, alcohol cooks off before yeah. uh, water. So Absolutely. You to, you, there's a really Boiling. specific temperature you need to get it out to capture the, the the qualities and the things that you want. And, 100%. and to leave the alcohol
2: in, because if you go too far, then Absol- the, you got some uh, funky tasting water. Absolutely. And we made a ton of crappy booze oh, in the beginning, I and bet. we used it as a fire starter for the fire yeah, pit in the back, right. but uh, speaking we've, of, we developed it over time.
1: Speaking of crappy tasting water, I got to shout out my boy, Michael Lombardi. What's up, baby cakes? What's up, Mauricio? How you doing? <laughs> so <laughs> back to crappy tasting water. Um, right. that, that's interesting what you pointed out about you, you taking this, this kind of stewardship on yourself. And not waiting, you know, for an opportunity and saying, hey, man, I'm going to go get this. This is this something early on in you where you were like, this is what I want. I'm going to go after it. Absolutely. I'll sacrifice money. I'll sacrifice my time. But I'm setting my oh, sights on absolutely. something and I'm going after it. And it took a lot at, at that point in your life to just have that vision and just say, hey, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to leave the place where I live. Did you, were you familiar with Napa or any of that area prior? I didn't
2: move. You are you being confused and saying I moved to Napa? No, Valley? no, no. But oh. just to just to just to even embark on oh, that. No, I mean, to I, be young I, no, and just no, no, say no, like, no. hey, I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to go knew talk to people Napa Valley.
1: I, right. I mean, but you didn't you you didn't no. know like the streets and stuff. I absolutely, I didn't know. it you know where you? Did you know, you, did you know where you were going to stay? Did no, I did not. I had exactly. maybe
2: one or two nights accommodation booked, and I'm the rest about. I just on the road. Found a hostel here. Found a you know a motel, a B and B here and there. And just hit the road. I've, I've done a fortune of traveling throughout my life. Mm-hmm. i probably, I don't know, maybe 50 countries around the world, you know. So you had some confidence. Three, so yeah. I've been on my own on the road with a backpack on, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm super confident in that regard. And you know what? That's part of the fun because then you have yeah. – you land up meeting so many interesting people. They invite you in. You, you, you get to experience things that you had never in your wildest dreams expected or planned for. And that helped create and and pave the way for what we do with our spirits and our company. There's really a whole lot of historical travel and uh, relationships that we've built and experiences that we've had along the travels that were totally unplanned that I look back over time and I say, wow, holy shit. I know why I make this product the way I do is because the influences have been such.
1: yeah Yeah. no you stole my line man yeah i was gonna say all that no that's fantastic that's really and that i think that goes back you answered the question already so we can wrap up now guys thank you all right uh (laughs) the the real like the spirit and the essence of an entrepreneur is somebody who who's willing to take that risk uh so being you know not risk averse but also you were on a quest for knowledge i mean you wanted to go to too obviously you don't go to napa without Expecting to have a little bit of fun, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. But but you were on a quest for knowledge that would turn into something better for you later on down the road. But sure. without like knowing exactly what that is, and just saying, I'll I'll survive with water and olive bread. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so did you dip the olive bread in the wine like they do on the Irishman? <laughs> Have you seen I, the movie
2: yet? I did see the movie.
1: Yes, I enjoyed. <laughs> was that, the movie was that part well. of your culinary? Because I've never seen that before. I, maybe that's not true. I might have seen some old old time Italian guys. Where, like when I was coming up in Italian restaurants, I might have seen that and been like, mm, "No, nah, not for me." But
2: never ever never done that it. in my right. life. Never heard about it. Nothing.
1: All right, we'll have to check that out. We'll, we'll take a trip. Exactly. We'll go do that. We'll do, we'll do the dip. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the dip. <laughs> very cool. So when you came back from Napa and that
2: whole experience, did you get the job? I got the job nice. as a wine captain, and I was one of the top guys over there. I learned an absolute fortune about wine. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it was super fun. We had a tremendous, one of the best uh, wine sellers mm. uh, in Orange County, I think probably on the, on the west side of the states, um, at the restaurant. It was actually called The Five Crowns. I'll give them a plug. Nice. And we actually started selling in California, and 15 years, 20 years later, I went to the restaurant last september and you're like by my absent, and i like, hey listen <laughs> i i bust tables over yeah, here yeah. and i got you're the my absent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are they are pouring out booze at that bar which is super fun that's so you know? so awesome that's pretty cool yeah so also another
1: thing to remember is don't burn bridges right exactly <laughs> you never know full circle um, yeah 100 really awesome cool we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in a few listening to the entrepreneurial web stroke the beard stroke the beard Oh, excuse me. Hi, we're back. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. What you got in that cup there? Oh, that's something special. <laughs> is, that, is that green water?
2: Uh, green water, lemon, honey, <laughs> oh, and, and a little green absinthe. <laughs> absinthe.
1: Perfect way to start your yeah. day. Yeah. So, once again, you're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Kevin Herson, from Docs Spirits, an absinthe producer and cordials producer here in New York City. So, you've been in New York about 11 years. Did I say? Oh, Doc Doc Hurson's. I know who I write the checks <laughs> to, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I guess I should tell them how we met. So I have a restaurant and a wine store in uh, in Brooklyn, and a
2: fantastic thing. restaurant and a wine store. By the way, checks in the mail.
1: <laughs> um, we won't say the names, right? Um, so. There was there was a bit of a well. Why don't you tell us a, like from your experience? I know a knowledge, uh, you know, from my angle. But you were actually on the production side. Uh, what alla- like what was the change that allowed a guy like you to be able to start a distillery? Because ten, eleven years ago, that wasn't impo- it was b- sure not impossible, but like very costly, prohibitive.
2: Yep. Go ahead, give us give us your little breakdown of what well, changed. Absolutely, yeah. I mean. Um, New York City, especially, well, the state of New York, yeah. uh, but especially in Brooklyn, seemed to be the epicenter of this whole craft spirits boom. Uh, there was a gentleman, everyone knows Hudson Whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, company's Tuttletown Wine, Ralph Lorenzo, was super influ- influential, He's super nice guy, awesome guy, um, super influ- influential in having some of the laws changed yeah. for smaller guys and a farm... Uh, ag related distillery that helps support the farmers and you use those ingredients in production. Uh, So they lowered the barrier to entry from a cost perspective Mm -hmm. and like a red tape legal, you know, jumping through hoops uh, type of thing. Uh, And there were a few guys that were very instrumental in doing that. Uh, That allowed people like me to come in with not millions of dollars mm-hmm. to start a distillery. Which and we, is what it used to take. Oh, absolutely. You used yeah. to have massive equipment and huge licensing and storage. And this is very, very cost prohibitive. Um, but once this Farm Act uh, craft distillers license passed in New York, it allowed people like me to get into the business and start on a very, very small scale. As I mentioned, we started in our basement in Harlem. Right. And my wife and I started this entire company She's th- telling me I have to write a book about it someday. We should. I will. Absolutely. On 5,200 bucks. Yeah. That was our budget to start this company yeah. and it's grown tremendously. Everything's awesome. But that just gives you an idea from a licensing, uh, getting into the industry type of thing, mm-hmm. how instrumental this craft spirits act was and guys like Ralph Lorenzo and everybody who helped implement this. It's cr- and it's, caught on like wildfire. Yeah. There's 170 craft distilleries in New York State now. It's like 180 or 190 in California. There's like two, 3,000 distilleries across the United States now, when before this law 10 years ago, they were only, <laughs> there were only- There were like don't. seven in Kentucky, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> every single one producing whiskey and every single, well, yeah. every single. We, we won't get into that right. story. We don't to, Let, let's save that story for another- We already interview. talked about dirty water. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be nice.
1: This is a, oh, goodness. This oh, is a positive goodness. show. Okay. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> but these So these laws were, they're state by state for the most part. Yes. Um, but distillation is regulated federally, right? If Correct. You're, if you're caught distilling without a license for consumption,
2: it's a federal offense. It is a federal yes. offense, yes. Beer and wine is different. Yes. You can home brew or home... Mm. Uh, and make drink wine. It, and, and drink it all you it. want. Yeah. You are not allowed to even own a still if you do not have a distilled spirits permit or and license. The, and the, the feds fed. are coming in. So all
1: you yes, kids they were. that are practicing in your basement. Yes. It was totally legal when you started, right? Uh, perfectly illegal. <laughs> I love talking to Colin <laughs> and Dave from <laughs> Kings County Distillery. And they oh, like, yeah. Like, it was like all of a sudden they were kicking out like amazing bourbon. And people were like, well, you picked this up pretty quickly. And uh, yeah. they were like, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There was this guy oh, in Winter goodness. Terrace. I'm not going to say his name. He, he moved since anyways, but he was in one of those buildings right along the highway there. Yeah, yeah. And he had he had this pot still that he would run on his stove. Oh, yeah. And it had, it had interchangeable heads for the primary and secondary distillation. And he just like ran a hose out the window. But he was in he was <laughs> a building. That what, had they had, think like, it was the air conditioning unit <laughs> yeah, like, run yes, off man. of it? <laughs> he didn't ask questions. This guy was fantastic. He oh, was such goodness. a such a renaissance man um but he uh you know there were there were probably like 50 apartments in this building and like man sure. shit could have really gone bad uh, but yeah. but he he grew up with it he was from the south and he was telling me i was asking him one day cuz he would make the, like he would make Moonshine, you know, sure. like 190 proof. And he would constantly come in the wine store and be like, Hey, you got to try this. You yeah. got to try this. Jesus, you know, <laughs> like, um, and, Fire starter. and it was a guy that owned a restaurant along the strip too. And they, he would also do his own stuff. He was Italian and sure. they would, I would walk by and they'd be like, come. And it would be like a competition. And I was the judge and I'm like, I'm just trying to get home. And like an hour later I'd come home cross-eyed, yeah. you know, yeah. sleep for two days from there, from their up. I mean, we had really a great. similar
2: experience when we were making it in the basement yeah. in Harlem illegally, I'm not going to mention our first account, <laughs> but we still have that account, actually. There's a bar up in Harlem. I was going to say, it wasn't in uh, <laughs> no, no, it was in Harlem. Shut up. No, I won't throw you under the bus, Thank Jeremiah. You. Um, and they still purchase from us today, yeah. but it was a little cash operation underground, yeah, sure, you know? Sure. So we had some fun
1: with it. That's great. So this guy, I remember asking him um, about uh, starters and like instigating. Uh, Fermentation, because basically what you're doing is you're taking a fermented beverage. It's essentially taking a beer, beer, a wine, yeah. or a cider, sure. whatever, depending on you're making, you know, whatever your end product is. is. Yeah. Um, and, you're, and you're, like we said earlier, you're, you're cooking it to the point just below boiling to extract the essence the spirit exactly and and then you uh you cool them back down and it turns into this this clear right. liquid you, that that's like super potent and you usually have to cut it with water and if you yes. want some color you either add caramel or barely exactly or you do what we do and we <laughs> add herbs and everything's herbs. natural they put the herbs what kind of herbs, herbs kind of herbs you use mine are we allowed to
2: talk about that we on the radio about that. yeah <laughs> shit in new york you can do whatever you want these
1: days um so i remember asking him one time how do they especially because he he dealt mainly in corn and I knew how you know I knew wheat would naturally uh ferment on its own and grapes and apples if you just let it sit and I was like but how does corn work and he was like we used to take an army bag and stuff it with corn and we'd bury it in the swamp and we'd leave it for two days. And when we'd take the bag out, it would be bubbling. And I was oh, like, God. wow, <laughs> like high tech techniques there. Oh, my but goodness. this guy, he learned like in the woods, old like school. that old, that, whatever that
0: show
2: was, those guys that
1: yeah, were like, moonshine.
0: yeah, the moonshine. There yeah.
2: was a guy, Popcorn, I think. Popcorn.
1: I,
0: Popcorn
2: yeah. killed himself because he owed so much money. out of here, really? From, for not paying the guy his taxes. Used to, and like everything. fall off the scaffolding and shit all the time. I think Popcorn, Popcorn was the old hillbilly looking oh. guy. Okay, long no, great beard, about long other, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his name was Popcorn Sutton. I don't remember. And I believe the story goes that the dude killed himself because they wanted to put him in jail for moonshining. Yeah. He wasn't paying taxes on right. any of it. And he's Moonshiners
0: like, don't pay taxes.
2: Exactly right. That's crazy. He's like, yeah, I'm done. So this this there was this
1: proliferation, proliferation, essentially uh, in terms of tax and bureaucracy, right? And and the farm license was created. Do you remember what year that was?
2: Uh, the farm license. Let me think about this for a second. It's, Maybe two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, I think like it's barely been Somewhere ten years. There.
1: Yeah, um, and 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 it was it was for New York State, correct? It happened in other states, like you pointed out in California, things kind of blossomed as well. Or
2: yes, but New York was kind of where this whole industry that was began. the benchmark. Yeah. That was the benchmark, mm-hmm. and it's happening, and it's continuing to happen. Like, right. California, it only happened three, four years right. ago.
1: Even, like, Utah is starting to adopt it. Oh, it's yeah. like they making booze in Utah. Utah. <laughs> exactly. know, right? What the wow. hell is Utah doing with it? <laughs> so, for me, I was, you know, we had the wine store already, and, and we were right there, and very close. Like, we're on Prospect Ave, and Brad Estabrook in Brooklyn and Stilling, he was on 19th Street, just, yep. like, a few avenues away, and just bosied in, and he's like, hey... <laughs> I, make, I make this whiskey really close by. He actually lived in a neighborhood at the time. Is that right? Yeah. Um, He's a great it, guy. Yeah. No, definitely. And Colin and Dave too, they popped in and they were like, yep. we got this, this, barb, this moonshine we're making yeah. in flask. Everybody was making clear stuff at first because you didn't have time to age exactly. it. You had to start right. making money. Um, but then it, it really started to mushroom, especially like the the gin, the local gin scene. Kind oh, the of gin like, scene blew it exploded up, exploded, and it was yeah. like twenty different local gins. But statewide, so Hudson was kind of the, the they were kind of like the pioneers in the state, right? For the most part, they, I they would were. Say, I remember they we were already selling their stuff, and it was already quite expensive, and they were very open and transparent about you know we're a small company it's very expensive for us to operate. Sure. Like we're basically not making any money, but we wanted to show people that like really good booze, really yep. good bourbon could be made in New York state. And it's what they about an hour, hour and a half up the Hudson from here. Uh, right? yeah, it's a couple hours out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've actually been there. Really cool. Facility. No, I have too. I played at a music festival there oh, yeah? a couple of summers ago. It was really great. I got yeah. Lyme disease, but otherwise it was oh, okay. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> I survived. Shit. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but uh, not from the booze. No, oh, <laughs> we were walking around barefoot in the creek we and stuff like that. It was it was one it. of those like you know barefoot music festivals, but it was oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. I had a great time, <laughs> and I got I got antibiotics. I was fine. Good. I poured some absinthe on it. This exactly. this was my antibiotic. Soak your big toe, and <laughs> I went to see the doctor. <laughs> 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 and jujitsu, right? <laughs> Both seriously. Both. Um, so what year was it exactly when you, when you legally <laughs> sold your first,
2: uh, like mid 2014, the company started oh, really? okay. in Harlem in 2012 in the basement, mm-hmm. a couple years there. Then we moved to a facility in Brooklyn, right. um, where we're currently mm-hmm. still at that facility. Um, but I would say mid 2014, once all the red tape and paperwork and this label approvals and this approval. I feel like I was approval. selling
1: your product before two thousand fourteen. You may have been. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We won't go. I yet. remember like
1: <laughs> writing checks out directly to you and just like I'm laughing. gonna go back like and like, check. Hmm
2: <laughs> Like everybody
1: to- else is an LLC. <laughs> You're like, you got cash? Uh, yeah make it out to uh,
2: <laughs> this is out to Kevin Hurst in my name. Uh.
1: <laughs> but for all of those people listening like in any industry um, sometimes that's just, you got to get the ball rolling. You know, you gotta, know? Do it you gotta there's no like ideal scenario often where it's like, oh, we're going to wait till the, you know, no. the clouds part and the stars are in alignment oh, yeah, exactly. and we're going to open and it's going to be great. No, it's scrappy. Exactly. It's scrappy. Right? Like it's, how many times you get burned? That's what I want to know. <laughs> burned? Like physically. Like, physically? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I got scars.
0: Stop. <laughs> Touching
2: the still, walking by this right. and then like
1: all over the Shit time. catching on fire in the uh, basement.
2: You know what? You know what? (laughs) Knocking on wood, we never had a fire.
1: Your stuff is high octane too.
2: It's very flammable. Six percent. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) super flammable. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Did you you ever catch the beard on fire?
2: Eh, maybe you know that (laughs) burning (laughs) hair smell every once in a while. But you're like, I wouldn't say fire.
1: Wow, this batch smells a little different.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit.
1: Nice. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, and then when you started. To sell, you you hit the streets. You literally oh, went... Yes. I mean, I don't remember, but I think you probably just like roamed into the juice box and were like... I
2: sure did. Hi, I make uh, absinthe. That's exactly what yeah. we did. We, we were boots on the ground, man. Mm-hmm. This this company has been built with nothing other than hard work. Yeah. That's it. Like I told you, we started the company, 5200 bucks, Just my wife and I worked two jobs and bartending and extra gigs, and she was working... Everything to dump into this company and put blood, sweat and tears, heart, soul, everything into it. But the way we built it from the ground up, we'll talk about social media and Mm -hmm. all the marketing and all that type of stuff eventually. But really, we walked in, we built relationships. That's why I'm here on your radio show five, six years later is because we have a relationship and that's what we've done. And this is what we do
1: every time we see each other. Exactly. (laughs) We We talk talk for like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) We drink
2: and we talk. Exactly. And smack
1: and and i haven't even asked you we'll have to deal with it in the, the next segment but how did you learn to
2: distill like <laughs> that didn't come up yet not yet youtube
1: no,
2: <laughs> no. I, actually i have a lot of chemistry background so oh okay i actually kind of have an idea oh you're I'm educated doing. oh shit don't say that <laughs> never would have got that. give away my secret <laughs> not cool. from looking at me right <laughs> Well, we'll pick that up.
1: <laughs> I don't want to tell you what I think. I you. We'll pick that up when we come back. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com.
4: Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. We're live from NYC here with Kevin Herson, the owner of Doc Hurson's, an Absinthe producer here in New York City. Yes, sir. We asked the question at the beginning, what is behind the spirit of an entrepreneur? And apparently it has something to do with chemistry. Mm-hmm. You're educated. I really... Hadn't. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> that went through me for a ringer. No uh, kidding. Kidding. What you talk, for the talk, compliment talk about? Compliment. <laughs> I complimented your beard enough. Okay. Damn. I didn't know you were an egomaniac uh. like, like me. Um, talk about your, your education then and how that played a part in you, sure. you know, starting with wine and restaurants, but like leading to you learning how to distill and not burn your house or your beard right. down. <laughs> seriously. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Well, like I mentioned, I have a lot of chemistry and biochemistry background, Um, And I use that, obviously. Distilling is really basically chemistry 101. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing really that complicated about it besides uh, open fire and besides, flammable liquids. Exactly. And, you know <laughs> combustible liquids and everything nypd like love you <laughs> oh, they absolutely oh, don't get don't get me started on that whole thing you, that like we need like a week Yo, radio show for that thing
1: della's got an electric kitchen and they still i was like guys you gotta pay no, them
2: 50 bucks a, uh, like, a no year flame. for them put a candle on your freaking it's, table it's, permit? It's more like 250 oh I finally got rid God. of candles.
1: I got electric ones now because I was sick of... It's just like, oh, yo, there's no fire down. in here, guys. And they're
2: still like Anyways. breathing down my neck. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Just don't put out my address. Have yeah. uh, <laughs> We rip on the fire department. <laughs> well, at the end. We'll <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. When I leave. <laughs> you have a tasting room, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's so, up, Zoe? How you doing? So you're talking about the... Chemistry uh, background. Chemistry background. Yeah. How that, where, did you, uh, did you like go to college for I chemistry? I did go to college, yes. Tell but us. Do tell.
2: All, my undergrad is all in like biochemistry, athletic training, all the types of stuff. It, initially, I, wa- I was huge into tennis mm-hmm. and I wanted to be on Very the professional easy. tennis uh, circuit and, and be like, a coach and everything like that. And that beard is not like aerodynamic that. enough yeah, that the ball it is going to get it, caught in it. In exactly. And... <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. uh, so that moved me in and I actually became a chiropractor. Uh, Was my first career. You are full of surprises, yes, sir. Free adjustments after the show. Nice. Um, Can do inner thighs, (laughs) uh, yes, sir. Only (laughs) yours, killing me. I hope Um, hope Mike Lombardi's still watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I did that for a number of years. Then I got into sales, uh, and uh, then I got into finance when I came to New York 11 years ago. Yeah, I remember trading foreign commodities. Mm doing this as a hobby on the side, the distilling. But uh, the chemistry, the cooking, I mentioned my family loves to cook, all mm. the traveling, experiencing different food and culture and, and working in the restaurant industry, all of that. I think there's a whole, like like we said, the education part, the chemistry, yes, that that science, you can even you know look up stuff on YouTube, you right. can study textbooks. But I think there's a heck of a lot more to it than just the science because, yeah. I mean, you ask any chef – the recipes they come up with right. is not purely scientific. Right, it's creative, it's yeah. innovative. So that was the the chemistry side of things played a good foundation and and were uh, was a good building block for what was to develop over over the years and into the absinthe and the amaro and, and mm-hmm. all the liqueurs and other styles of absinthe we produce. So I think education, yes, but passion and just. Having a shit ton of fun is more important right. than that. But also, some of your other
1: experiences, like selling commodities. I mean,
2: that I sold had commodities. To have
1: I sold in, yes, I sold grains. Gonna, I sold oh, I sugar. Gonna, I thought you were going to say toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: sold toothpaste. Hogs, mate. That's how I got into anise. <laughs>
1: right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Craig, what's up? I see you. I'll read those articles. Oh, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you were you were doing sales? What other sales were you doing? You said, you uh, after chiropractic, so. I was in
2: pharmaceutical sales. Mm. I sold drugs. Mm. Your favorite okay, thing, so Jeremiah. It's all coming together. Uh, <laughs> I
1: see. It's like
2: chemistry, wine, right. sales, commodities, pharmaceuticals, right. drugs.
1: But uh, <laughs> I guess I
2: guess pain relief in pain the chiropractor. Relief. Chiropractic. Practice. I sold pain relief drugs as yeah. well. And after the pharmaceuticals, I got into medical device sales. So I was selling spinal implants. And all the rods and screws and metal components that go into your spine during surgery. Yikes. Uh, And then, like I say, then I came to New York. I got on the trading floor in commodities, uh, brokering and trading uh, coffee, sugar, cocoa. Then Mm -hmm. I landed up in an office. Then back down on the trading floor in the crude oil and the natural gas world. Uh, and all the crazy coming to America story. <laughs> yeah. with, uh, not uh, Trading Places, sorry. Trading Places. Another great Eddie Murphy <laughs> Yeah, Trading that. Places. <laughs> exactly. Aren't they coming That's out great. with another Coming to America Man. I
1: heard? My chef from is going to be in the sequel. Oh, is that right? No, but <laughs> we, we joked about that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have that because he's from the
2: Gambia Right. Yeah. Oh and my God. That's one of my favorite movies li- on the planet.
1: Yeah. Always laughing
2: about that. So trading places. Back yeah. to that. So when they're trading in the I pits. Mean, you are all- African. I am African. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually African American. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. Oh my God. Put the absent away. <laughs> what the hell is wrong
1: with you? <laughs> this is awesome. I love the way this show is turned. Um. So the the commodities trade is very interesting to me for you to get the, ha, like how did you plug that in because that's a little different than like hitting the street how did you negotiate the two of those because they're both sales right but like a, completely different approaches how did your how did your experience selling commodities help you hitting the streets and like literally you had to go door to door, but oh, yeah. it's a little different than selling vacuums because right. at least restaurants and bars, especially in New York are constantly looking for that edge, that new thing. Sure. Something attractive. It's always been a feature of the places that I, that I Absolutely. run that we highlight local people for a number of reasons. Obviously we want to support, like I love the fact that a lot of you are using statewide grains. Sure. You're making it small batches, super intimate. You talk to our customers. You Absolutely. come into the places and, and you talk to them and represent on the on the highest level, which is is a really important thing. But it's a distinguishing characteristic for my places as well. So it's like you can only get this in a handful of places and we're one of those how did you how did you apply your your experience selling commodities were just just like blanket you sure. know like cocoa <laughs> you know like right, right. that's huge to very specific small artisanal products that's like they're completely polar opposite
2: absolutely it's a good question i i don't think there's any relationship obviously in what you're selling uh, just as you pointed out i'm selling contracts, paper contracts for sugar and cocoa mm, and coffee yeah. versus actually selling something, a physical product. But I will tell you what commodities taught me being on the trading floor and get my ass kicked Give me that fire. every single day is to have thick skin, yeah. thicker than the Great Wall of China. Because this industry, the craft spirits industry, being so young and so new there is a premium on some of the products. Mm-hmm. They're more luxury goods. So you're trying to sell above some of the local, you know, large corporate brands who some of them make delicious products as well. But yeah. they can sell it for a heck of a lot better price than you can. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to upsell you, for example, and your cocktail is not going to cost 10 bucks. It's going to cost 12 or 14 bucks. So Definitely. I think we, we do get a lot of pushback in this industry for a variety of reasons. Uh, and I think all the no's have pushed me to excel and, and just push and push and push and pound on doors to get the yes out of the 10 or 20 or 30 no's that I get. And the commodity business taught me, like, Jeremiah, you can tell me no 20 times. Unless, you, well, I sh- shouldn't say you can tell me no. You can mess me around and tell me come back and this and that 20 times. I'd rather get... Go fuck yourself. Get out of here. We're right. not interested uh, as opposed to wasting my time or yeah. just say yes kind of thing. Right. But we do get a lot of like come back or he's not here or this or that. So I think the commodity angle has taught me just to be strong and keep yeah. going, man. And that's really what it is because we talked about hitting the streets, pounding the pavement, starting this company with nothing. Yeah. No marketing budget, anything. Mm-hmm. And just really being aggressive and really being, you know. Super, super hungry and proactive and you to, were on to the, build this company. you
1: were on the New York Stock Exchange floor. Is that uh, well, were? the commodity trading floor, okay. which is
2: New York, uh, yeah. the NYBOT, New York gotcha. uh, Board of Trade or the mm-hmm. NYMEX. Similar idea, yeah. different building. Yeah.
1: Um, you you must know from your wine past who Gary Vaynerchuk is and Wine Library TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are, are you privy to what he's doing lately? No. Like now he's So, you know, uh, whatever, 12 years ago, I used to watch wine library tv because yeah, yeah. his wine reviews and his his kind of unorthodox approach which i've always enjoyed and taken myself and uh and then you know opening businesses and all that stuff i just like didn't have time for anything like that anymore and then just recently he, this guy he like popped up in a youtube feed you know right. i was watching something else and the dude oh, he's probably now, said his name out loud you and know, right? was spying it's, on you no it was <laughs> a friend of mine sent me a simon Sinek video uh, just about it was about uh the way you sell things, you know and she sure' was like I feel like you would enjoy this, so I was like, okay great i 'll watch it, and then, like next up was Gary Vaynerchuk. I am like, oh, what's this dude up to and like, he's he owns a media company now it's just like a few blocks from here like okay. he he ran his company ran three of the Super Bowl commercials, like, oh, wow, dude done blown up <laughs> yeah yeah, but he's i 've always enjoyed the way he talks, like just the sound of his voice really gets me pumped, but he he said something uh in something i've watched. Of him recently very similar to what you just said and it's about not wasting your time trying to convince people like if sure. you're not getting that engagement right away move on absolutely like, don't waste your time don't turn a, a 30 minute a seven minute meeting into a 30 minute meeting as soon as you sniff it there move there on. are people out there that want your product and if you're 100%. wasting your time trying to convince somebody that's on the fence or probably a no you're missing the opportunity to connect with somebody who's like totally like money in hand, like hungry. Like you have food. I got cash and an empty stomach. Like just move on, man, just move on. And, and it takes that thick skin and knowing like, Oh my God, you have to have that, that fortitude to see that far down the road. Like, absolutely He's down there you're knocking like, on
2: a door because there's a ho- there's a fire in the hotel and you're trying to tell everybody and if somebody starts having an argument with you saying I don't believe you there's a fire in the hotel I'm you're I, like, right dude I'm out of here pal I got a you're
1: beard gonna to burn. protect exactly. <laughs> all right we're gonna go protect our beard we're yeah. gonna take one last short break we'll be back with the interview. this is the entrepreneur web
3: talking alternative radio 24 hours a day
4: Thursdays, 12 noon, on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com
1: And we're back. You're listening to the entrepreneurial web. Doing our last segment here with my buddy, Kevin Herson, owner of Doc's Herson, Doc, Her- <laughs> Doc Herson's. Sorry, my cord was tangled up under my chair. I rushed to get my headphones on. My hair is all messy. And I said the words wrong.
0: Oh,
1: goodness. <laughs> Kevin Herson yes, of sir. Doc Herson's Spirits. Now, a Brooklyn-based operation, but got started in Harlem here Correct. in New York City about eight years ago. Yep. Ten, if you count the... Uh, Underground, uh. The underground, the black market <laughs> years.
2: Go on, just Google Harlem Absinthe Basement. Mm. And there's a whole village voice actually did a, a video of the underground operation. So oh. if you want to see a completely illegal operation, how to, how to do things illegally, go, go check that site out. Are you in that video? <laughs> I am in that video. Yes, I am.
1: You just want trouble, don't you? <laughs> oh, we,
2: we actually had the TTB, the federal yeah. <laughs> guy, show up to the distillery in Brooklyn. Wow. And they were asking and questions. He was like, well, I heard inspect- about you. <laughs> they did. The guy said to me, he's like, what's this thing about the, uh, the basement operation? The basement. And, I, and I explained it. He's like, just keep all the paperwork because we actually filed. We almost got it licensed by the state hmm. in the basement. He's like, just hang on to the paperwork. Make sure like one day if we come after you, like you, you were a little naive and you, and you thought like we could get this thing going in the basement. <laughs> right, so right. Keep the paperwork. God, what's the what's the statute
1: of limitations for that? I <laughs> uh, couldn't tell you, man. Wow. We must be coming
2: past it now. Watch your back. Yeah, let's yeah. hope. <laughs>
1: Jesus, Jesus, that's crazy. So you spent time in a number of different industries that lended itself to you being able to distill but also sell this product. So the background in chemistry, working as a chiropractor, getting into pharmaceuticals, commodities trading and sales restaurant industry obviously what other things have helped you just besides hitting the street going door to door going to places that are most of the time looking for 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 at least interested in uh it's a little bit of an open door policy which is which is good it's not totally cold but a little (laughs) can be it can be (laughs) yeah uh, what else has assisted you along the way in being able to get your brand? Because you're in you're in California, where where you yes. live for a long time, and New York. Are there any other
2: states that you're in? You- uh, not yet. We just started selling in California in September. Okay, um, things are going phenomenal out there, being super well received. Um, and New York, uh, we got a couple other states lined up but i don't think anything will get going And what about internationally
1: we... in like in terms of online sales as...
2: uh we have had some inquiries from actually from germany from mm-hmm. the uk and a handful of japan actually I was, uh canada yeah um it's a little bit tricky at times. Yeah. Um, navigating through the the legal side of distributing a controlled substance, mm. being alcohol, can be a little tricky at times. Uh, and plus, we're selling everything we're making. We're, you know, expanding the distillery, actually, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to... Get too far ahead of ourselves, right. and then we can't supply. You know, right. the, the demand. So Pace is important, right? There's a bit of a balance, so yeah. we're quite happy with the way things are growing. In New York, California, gotcha, and we'll continue to add states as we grow the company and grow production and inventory and everything. So, it's not a you know. We're not looking to go from zero you're to right. a billionaire overnight, kind of thing. Like,
1: Doesn't work, anyways. No, no. <laughs> um, so, what are the things that have helped you besides just your charm and your beard? Oh, and that's your <laughs> I know you're lying. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. The reason you're here is because every time we get together, it's a it's, good time. This is much fun, that's and you are charming. It. I mean, <laughs> I've never you. told you no. The moment you walked through the door, I was like, I don't care what he has. Yeah, just I'm buy for this it. guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love it. So, so what else has helped you along the way? I know you're very active on social media. Sure. Um, what other things, in addition to that, you're welcome to talk about social media. What else has helped you really get your, your brand and your name out there? Um,
2: I, you know what? I'm going to throw out, uh, besides mm-hmm. the social I'm media, ready. besides knocking on doors and busting out shops and everything like mm-hmm. that, I'm going to throw uh, some props out to the community of the initial guys that started this craft spirits yeah. boom across the country. You're talking about the Kings County guys. Mm-hmm. You're talking about Brad from from Brooklyn. You're talking about us. You're talking about this. There's maybe less than 10 people that were the core craft distilleries right from the get-go. Uh, and I think the fact that we didn't start making gin, that we didn't make moonshine, <laughs> that we didn't make whiskey, the fact that we started making absinthe and there was not a single other person in that little community right. that was making absinthe everyone kind of was put rooting for us you were no longer us. competition and we that weren't way. competition right. and we were accepted and people saw that we were doing this from scratch we don't buy any neutral spirits and mm-hmm. alcohol which a lot of branding companies right. they color and flavor and slap a label We make the stuff from scratch, from the raw ingredients. We do it legit right from the get-go. And I think that is very well respected in the community because people who are craft distilleries understand the difference of making it from scratch versus coloring and flavoring alcohol, basically. So I think our reputation right from the get-go was super well respected by that craft community. So when Colin... From Kings County, sold some whiskey. He says, oh, you need to make a Sazerac for your right. menu. Go speak to Kev. He's over, uh, Kevin and Stacy, uh, they make absinthe down the road. So I, I think what has helped us tremendously is the community of that core group of craft distilleries. Uh, and we've done our work. We've busted our chops. We continue to do so. Right. Which you the have pavement. to. It's you New have York. to every day.
1: Yeah, that, that's, it's great that you said that. There, the, you have to have... A lot of people neglect that. You have to have the the product. It's got to be hundred percent, especially in this market, man. You can't oh, play games. Yeah. Like you get exposed here. That's a wrap. People will just like push you exactly. aside. It's like smoke and mirrors. Yeah. So the legitimacy of the of the actual product, but you also said a really interesting thing, which goes back to answering the initial question of what is in the spirit or spirits. Of an entrepreneur, um, and you filled a void. There was there was mm-hmm. clearly a need where, like, well, we didn't need another gin, sure. We didn't need another whiskey, but we did need it absinthe. Correct. And and I've what you said. It, it, it's happened with me where people, a lot of people, have asked me to help them curate their cocktail menu. They want to do a craft cocktail menu for their bar or whatever. Sure. Um, and and they wanted to. To utilize as many local ingredients as possible and and you always come up because it's like, yeah, you have choices in whiskey, you have choices in gin, but there's only one absent. I'm exactly. like, you're gonna buy that shit because <laughs> he's my buddy. But no, it's that's that's like really integral. And and so this I was mentioning at the beginning, I put out this this LinkedIn question earlier in the week that, that got a huge response. And and it had to do with like, what is an entrepreneur? And so many people talked about that. Like an entrepreneur can sniff out. A need. Sure. And and there's strategy and things involved, but like they have to be able to act on that. And this was not easy. <laughs> like, By no means no. not easy at all. None of it is, but like this you chose a particularly hard oh, path. Yeah. You, everybody else was like, there's a little bit of light down that road. Well, it's not very well yeah. lit. And you were like, look at that dark one with like <laughs> the briar patch and like I think that's a tiger. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. My beard will protect right. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, oh, you goodness. really took, a, you took a, a, an untraveled path. Like, we literally. took a
2: major untraveled path. And to even make it more difficult, we didn't go along the lines of a super traditional classic French a- style right. absinthe. Mm-hmm. We don't advocate drinking our absinthe with the sugar cube right. and the ice water drip. We do it over ice. We've modernized the whole experience. Uh, we got plenty shit from all the purists and the absinthe guys. Uh, do worry about that. But we couldn't give two shits about right. them, to be right. quite honest with you. And so I think we've really, really done to absinthe and modernized absinthe and, and really have actually started to create a whole new um, way people look at drink experience mm-hmm. and use absinthe. And I you I said think another really, really changed changed the way people see it. And the, one Sorry, of the no. key
1: no no it's fine. One of the key things you said there too, which is also really it really gets at the core of this is the it's an experience. It's not you're not just like hey buy this product because it's good because I make it because yeah da da There's there's a there's a. There's a thing happening. A whole I mean, it's a little it. out of body experience if you drink too much. Yeah, I love the there's old a stories. Buzz, there's yeah, this. I mean, I it's... love the old stories about uh, like classic French absinthe sure. and the wormwood. Everybody's like, "Oh, does it have the real wormwood?" Like I yeah. heard it, oh, yes. and i read it was like, "Yeah, they were probably." It was probably just lead poisoning from the still, and they were a just a like little, hallucinating.
2: <laughs> Laudanum was kind of yeah, a fun yeah. thing. little uh, liquid
1: opium. Yep. Put a couple drops of just that in and they just drink a shit ton of it too. Like if you drink enough of anything, you'll hallucinate. Oh
2: yeah, for sure, man, absolutely. So
1: as we wrap up here, tell us. I mean, because you, you being an innovator and, and taking that less traveled road, you've come up with a number of different things. You started with the green absinthe, Correct. then you went on to a red, but now you've got like a, a smorgasbord kind of yeah. what, what, what are all the offerings of where can people find information about? Don't forget to tell the address. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. So, um, we have three different styles of absinthe, very unique. We have an Amara, we have an orange liqueur and we have an herbal liqueur. Uh, the best place to get info on it, and you'll share that obviously with uh, links on, yeah, on yeah, social absolutely. media and that, uh, just Google Harlem Absinthe. And I'm sure that we're covering the entire page <laughs> right. and it will have links <laughs> to everything. Uh, you can follow us on social you, media. You have to work on your SEO for that one, No, didn't you? <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, Docs Spirits, D O C S Spirits, S P I R I T S. That's our Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Or Doc Herson's, or like I said, just Harlem Absinthe, we're gonna pop up, and you can get lots of info. You can see where to purchase, what restaurants we're at. Uh, go visit Della I was because, say, because my place on the is on there. Right? there. <laughs> Absolutely, better um, be it, it is, and juice <laughs> box of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's plenty, plenty of info to be found online uh, with the Harlem Absinthe, really Google awesome thing. All right, so you got to
1: answer the question in thirty seconds. Oh, good. What's What's one thing that's in the spirit of an entrepreneur.
2: Oh my God. I think you got to be completely fucking nuts and work your ass off.
1: Boom. (laughs) And we're going to end with that. That's it. Everybody. Wow. Stole the words right out of my mouth. All right. You better make something happen with that folks. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the entrepreneur web. Peace out. Thank you.
3: Talking alternative radio. 24 hours a day.
4: Hey, all you crazy listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates. Interested? Simply email at info at Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
5: Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
3: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.